You are listening to the Hope of Israel Baptist Broadcast, and we want to thank you so very much for joining us today. As we watch prophecy unfold on a daily basis, the world is searching for answers, and the nation of Israel needs true friends now more than ever before. Please stay tuned with us for today's broadcast as we will be focusing on news in the Middle East, Bible prophecy, and why America should never turn her back on God's chosen people. And now, here is our radio host, Dr. K. Daniel Freed. Welcome to the Hope of Israel Baptist broadcast today. I hope you're having a good day. You know what the psalmist said? Psalms 23, verse 6. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Ladies and gentlemen, we all have to agree, God is good. And he's especially good to those that love him and for those that have received the Lord Jesus Christ as their Messiah, Savior, and only God. And so the psalmist surely believed that. Even though he is a Old Testament believer, he did believe in the Messiah, and God used him to write down many messianic prophecies. Psalms 2, Psalms 16, Psalms 22, and on and on you can go. Well, I'd like to continue now the true story of a Jewish doctor who came to know his Messiah, Dr. M. L. Ross Valley. He lived between 1828 and 1892. He was a surgeon during the Civil War. He'd seen many, many horrific things there on the battlefield. But there was a, a special fella, he was a drummer boy, that affected his life forever. So if you're coming into this story, this true story for the first time, we'd be more than happy to send you the booklet on the drummer boy and his witness to Dr. M. L. Ross Valley and how eventually the Jewish doctor came to know the Lord. Now, we've already gone a long way in this story, and we left off essentially after the Jewish doctor's conversion to Christ. He is already receiving immediate hostility from his family. So we begin now, oh, the hatred of the human heart to the gospel of God. Well, might the converted Hebrew of the Hebrews who wrote the epistle to the Romans declare that both Jews and Gentiles, that they are all under sin as it is written, there is none righteous, no, not one, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Romans 3, 9 to 11 and verse 23. Five days after my conversion, I received orders from the Surgeon General at Washington to proceed west in government business. I tried all the means in my power to communicate personally with my wife and to bid her goodbye, but she would neither see me nor write to me. She, however, sent me a message by a neighbor to the effect that as long as I called Jesus Christ my Savior— I should not call her my wife, for she would not live with me. I did not expect to receive such a message from my wife, for I loved her and my children dearly, and it was with a sad heart 
Therefore, uh, that I left home that morning to travel 1,300 miles to my sphere of duty without being able to see either my wife or children. For 54 days, my wife would not answer any of my letters, although I wrote her one daily. And with every letter sent, I prayed that God would incline her heart to read at least one of them. I felt that if she would but read one of my letters— for Christ was preached, and the joy I was experiencing in my soul was told forth in every one of them, she would reconsider what she had said and done before I left home. Never in my experience were Cowper's lines more signally fulfilled. God moves in a mysterious way his wonders to perform. He plants his footsteps in the sea and rides upon the storm. For it was through the disobedience of my daughter that my wife was converted. My daughter was the youngest of our two children. She was generally considered her father's pet. Yet to my conversion to Christ, a sense of duty to her mother on the one hand and her love to her father on the other kept her mind in continual agitation. On the 53rd night, she dreamed that she saw her father die. A fear came over her, and she made up her mind that come what would, she would not destroy the next letter in her father's handwriting. The following morning, she waited for the postman at the door. She took her father's letter, quickly slipped it into her bosom, ran upstairs into her room, locked the door, and opened the letter. She began to read it, and then read it three times before she laid it down. That letter made her sad at heart to such an extent that when she went downstairs, her mother saw her she had been crying and asked her the cause of her grief. Mother, if I tell you, you will be offended. But if you promise me not to be grieved, I will tell you all about it. What is it, my child? asked the mother. Taking out my letter from under her dress, she told her mother her dream of the night previous and added, I've opened my papa's letter this morning, and now I cannot and will not believe what my grandpa and grandma or anybody else says about my papa being a bad man, for a bad man could not write such a letter as this to his wife and children. I beg of you to read this, mother, she added as she handed to her the letter. My wife took the letter, carried it into the next room, and locked it in her desk. That afternoon, she locked herself in her room and, opening the desk, took my letter and began to read it. The more she read, the worse she felt. She afterwards told me she read it through five times before she finally laid it down. After the last reading of the letter, my wife returned it to the desk and went back to the room she had just left. Her eyes were full of tears, and now it was my daughter's turn to ask, "'Mother?' Why are you crying? Child, my heart aches, was the reply. I wish to lie down on, on the lounge. She did so. The servant made her a cup of tea, thinking that was all that was needed to take away her heartache of which she complained. There are many cases, doubtless, in which a cup of tea may possibly be a benefit, but it brought no relief to my poor wife. After a while, my wife's mother came across the street to our house, thinking my wife to be very ill. She administered some simple home remedies, 
as mothers frequently do. This also failed to give any relief. At half past seven in the evening, my mother-in-law sent for Dr. D. He came at once and prescribed for her, but his medicine likewise failed to remove the heartache of which my wife complained. My mother-in-law stayed at our house that night, attending to my wife until a quarter past 11 o'clock. I heard my wife say afterwards that the desire of her heart was that her mother should leave the room, for she had fully made up her mind to go on her knees, as I had previously done. As soon as her mother had gone, no sooner therefore had she left than my wife locked the door and fell on her knees by the side of her bed, and in less than two minutes, Christ, the great physician, met her, healed her, and saved her. Like her husband, the moment she came to an end of human effort, worldly wisdom, and vain tradition, and surrendered herself, body, soul, and spirit, to God, she found the Holy Spirit ready to open her blind eyes to turn her from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God. Acts twenty six twenty eight. The moment she was enabled to behold the Lamb of God, which taketh away the sin of the world, she could say with Philip of old, We have found him of whom Moses and the law and the prophets did write, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph, and add with Nathanael, Rabbi, thou art the son of God, thou art the king of Israel. John one twenty nine, and verse 45 and verse 49. On the following morning, I received a telegram worded as follows. Dear husband, come home at once. I thought you were in the wrong and I was in the right, but I have found that you were in the right and I was in the wrong. Your Christ is my Messiah, your Jesus, my Savior. Last night, the 19 minutes past 11, while on my knees for the first time in my life, the Lord Jesus saved my soul. After reading the telegram, I felt for a moment as if I did not care one cent for the government under which I served. I left my business unfinished, took the first express train, and started for Washington. My house, at that time being well known there, especially among the Jews, for I had frequently sung in the synagogue. I did not wish to create a sensation, and so I telegraphed to my wife not to meet me at the station, for I would take a carriage on my arrival at Washington and drive quietly home. When I got to the front of my home, I saw my wife standing at the open door expecting me. Her face beamed with joy. She ran to meet me as I stepped out of the carriage and threw her arms around my neck and kissed me. Her father and her mother were also standing at their open door across the street. And when they saw us in each other's arms, they began to curse both me and my wife. Ten days after my wife had received the Lord Jesus Christ as her Savior, my daughter was converted. She is now the wife of a Christian and a co-worker with her husband in Christ's vineyard. My son, would to God I could say the same of him as of his sister, was promised by his grandparents on his mother's side that if he would never again call me father or his mother mother, they would leave all their property to him, and thus far he has kept his promise. Well, ladies and gentlemen, 
How exciting this true story of a Jewish doctor back during the days of the Civil War, M.L. Ross Valley. Yes, indeed. He's in glory right now, and I'm sure that his desire would be for you to come to know the same Savior, the same Messiah. His name is the Lord Jesus Christ. Will you receive him as Dr. Ross Valley did? You can, whether you be Jewish or whether you be a non-Jew. You can get born again today. Well, I hope you continue to be with us for the next few broadcasts regarding the true story of M.L. Ross Valley. You have been listening to the Hope of Israel Baptist broadcast with Dr. K. Daniel Freed. And we pray that today's program has been an encouragement to you. If it has, please contact us and let us know you're listening. If you are of Jewish descent and would like to know more about the new covenant prophesied in the book of Jeremiah chapter 31, or maybe you're curious as to why true Bible-believing Christians have always supported Israel, please contact us. As a token of our love and appreciation, we would like to give you a beautifully bound Hebrew-English new covenant referred to as the New Testament. This Prophecy Edition Bible will be a great addition to your library and it will help you understand why those who believe in Yeshua HaMashiach, the Lord Jesus Christ, have always loved, supported, and prayed for Israel. Now if you're writing to let us know you're listening or if you're requesting one of these beautiful Hebrew English New Covenants, you may do so by going to our website www.hopeofisrael.net That's hopeofisrael.net You can also write to us at P.O. Box 1700 Powder Springs, Georgia 30127 Once again, that's P.O. Box 1700 Powder Springs, Georgia 30127 This broadcast is made possible because of giving friends all around the country, and if you would like to have a part in keeping this broadcast on your local station, you can send your donation to that same address, and please include the call letters of your radio station. That address, once again, is P.O. Box 1700, Powder Springs, Georgia, 30127.